Good morning, and welcome to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN, where our goal every Sunday is to entertain, enlighten, and expose you to information that can lead to positive change in your life. I'm Larry Hardesty. This morning, we're going to catch up with Chuck Montz. Seven weeks ago, he joined us here on New York Sports and Beyond on his trek to go 3,000 miles across this country on a bike to raise money for the Bowery Mission here on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. We'll catch up with Chuck, who arrived back in New York yesterday. He'll share moments of the trip and how much they've raised. So if you're preparing for a nice Sunday breakfast or chilling on this Sunday morning or preparing for a virtual sunrise service, or maybe you're hitting the road for an early run, we thank you for making us a part of your morning. We'll begin this edition of New York Sports and Beyond on the road after this timeout. Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Chuck Mons is in the volunteer emeritus. That's what I love to call him for the Bowery Mission here on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. About oh, in June, he set out to raise money for the Bowery Mission because funds had been lacking, obviously, with the COVID-19 pandemic. Donations were down, but the needs were high. He set out to go cross-country on a 3,000-mile trek. He is back, and he shares his moments on the road with us on New York Sports and Beyond. Chuck, how are you this morning? I am very, very well, Larry. Thank you so much for having me on. Now, Chuck, before we get back, before we get to finally completing this and, and arriving into uh, New York City at the Bowery on the Lower East Side of Manhattan on Saturday, let's let, let's pick up where we left off. Last time we talked to you, probably about a month or two ago, you were battling tractor-trailer trucks heading into the mountains. I believe you were in Nevada. Yeah, we had just biked out of Las Vegas with my two college buddies, and they were biting at the bit. And uh, we had no idea what was ahead of us. Um, but you're right, uh, there was a lot of tractor trailers uh, in the hills out of Vegas uh, began quickly, as well as the um, challenges with water and uh, a flat tire. Right. So, so let's pick up from there and let's talk a little bit how you manage that. Fortunately, um, well, the, the Mojave Desert was very difficult and that whole desertous region was very difficult. It was always hard for the first two weeks, including the week after uh, going in Vegas and Utah up until we hit Colorado. There was always uh, a challenge with having enough water. The miles, uh, the distance was always pretty high. You know, we averaged more than 80 miles a day, maybe 90 miles a day in the heat. Um, and then the, back, the flat tires were caused by little pieces of metal. Most of the flat tires was caught, were caused by pieces of metal that come off of radial tires on the side of the road, and you can't even see them. They're the size of an eyelash. So mm. my wife was the uh, Lone Ranger. She was the... Um, Calvary, and when we had uh, need for water, as long as there was cell reception, and there was not good cell reception for weeks, but um, we eventually got cell reception when we needed it, and uh, she came with water, and she came with uh, repairs. Now, Chuck, let, let's go through back in the Mojave Desert where you were. And last time you joined us, we discussed the mental aspect of this trip, right? I mean, we're talking a 3,000-mile journey across this country with rough terrains, different weather, all sorts of things. As you're going through that heat of the desert, uh, what's going through your mind? How are you mentally trying to stay focused? Because, you know, th there's different trials and tribulations as you go through that heat you can have uh you know illusions you can have different things that that the mind starts to play tricks on you 
Yeah, um, it was challenging. Um, I also, you know, you, you get um, you get worn down. You mm-hmm. get um, a little, you lose a little uh, balance in terms of your emotions. Um, and then you, then you are concerned about when, when your support, uh, is gonna, is gonna arrive and how that's going to come, you know, whether it's going to be a, a good Samaritan. I mean, I stopped at multiple homes, uh, when I was in need, I stopped at complete stranger homes hmm. and asked them flat out, can I have some water? Um, and they always were gracious, always kind. And, uh, part of, uh, Part of biking the country is learning that no matter what state you're in, um, you don't talk politics when you're when you're knocking on a door, when you're helping somebody out. And when I was helping, being helped, um, these people are neighbors. We were neighbors, and uh, the people of our country were very gracious towards me and and came in. So again, in terms of uh, dealing with the hardships, um, they're behind me. Uh, once I got to um, Colorado Vale is where we stopped. And, and from that point on, um, the temperatures dropped um, and uh, it, it flattened out. Um, and I had to, I could stop counting mile by mile and start counting 10-mile segments. Mm-hmm. And then um, for the last couple of weeks, I haven't even looked at a mile marker. It's uh, it was just something like, uh, let's, let's bike for an hour or two and take a break. I mean, it was just completely delightful uh, weather that I've been able to have after we got through the Mojave Desert. Chuck Montz is my guest. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Chuck, in case you were just tuning in and didn't find follow the first time he joined us, is a, I'm going to call you a member emeritus of the Bowery Mission. And was set to go across this country 3,000 miles to raise money because the Bowery needs money. And it needs money because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Some, you know, money and donations were down. And so Chuck came up with this idea to go as a former biker to go across country and, and raise funds through sponsorship. And Chuck is, uh, you know, arrived back into New York on Saturday and was just, you know, given the hero's welcome. We'll get to that in a second. But I, I, I'm just intrigued. He, when he joined us the first time, he took us. He was he's on the he was on the road, and he took us through these different twists and turns. And so, uh, we got a lot of response from you, uh, feeling like you were riding along with him on these challenges and these journeys. So that's why I'm picking up with him and trying to, you know, let trying to rehash where he went. And so, Chuck, let's get back on the road with you now. After you got to Colorado, uh, where did you go from there? And what was the response as you're, you know, reaching out to people and, and trying to pick up uh, donations? It was uh, remarkable going through Colorado. I was looking forward not just to the Mojave Desert because of the, the challenges of the heat and the dryness, but getting to Colorado, I was looking forward to going over the Continental Divide and going up the uh, some of the passes. And so out of Vail, Colorado, uh, hit Vail Pass, which goes up 2,000 feet in about 10 miles. Um, and it was a beautiful sunny day at that point. Then the same day, I went from Frisco at the foot of Loveland Pass to Loveland Pass. And that was a 3,000-foot climb in 20 miles. And we went up to 12,000 feet. Um, so that was the height. That was the Continental Divide. Uh, a car went by me. And I heard yelling from inside of the car because they looked at this old man going up this mountain, this steep mountain. And lo and behold, they were cheering me. 
Um, I didn't know that until my wife followed up uh, 30 minutes later, happened to talk to this lady who said, yeah, this old man was going up the, the mountain and we cheered him on. And I said, and my wife said, that, that was my husband. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, in terms of the response, I can tell you another story out of Zion, um, around the Zion National Park area with my buddies. Um, I was waiting to get into a, uh, a Porta John with another family that was waiting. And the lady said, boy, if I had my purse, I'd give you a donation for the Bowery Mission. But she didn't have a purse at the time. So two days later, we're in a little town called Torrey, Utah. And uh, my buddies and I and my wife are having our last meal before they fly out of Salt Lake City. And the lady tapped me on the shoulder. This was two days and 150 miles later. Mm. And uh, this lady tapped me on the shoulder and she said, uh, you're that biker, right? And I said, I, I am biking. And she goes, I'm that lady outside the Porter John who said that if I had my purse, I'd give you a donation. So she said, I have my purse. Here's my donation. Oh, wow. That's In the middle of the restaurant. And then her daughter came up and gave me another donation. So we have had uh, churches, strangers, members of churches uh, provide amazing meals, uh, have us in their homes. Churches have put us up in hotels when they weren't able to allow us to inside the church with, with our cots. So out of um, 56 nights, all but 49, uh, 49 nights were covered by churches. We had to put wow. ourselves up only about seven times. So a lot of generosity and a lot of donations have come our way. Well, that's great. That, that's great. And you know, the reason why I love this story, Chuck, is, and you probably realize this from traveling and listening and, and following the internet and whatnot in different places, this is a, a country right now that's struggling a little bit. Uh, there's a divide. Some of it's political, some of it's religious, some of it is different things, right? But uh, to hear yeah. these stories means that there are some people who do understand that we have to come together for a common cause. And we can, through conversation and through events, put differences aside, right? Some things are more important than our individual difference. And raising money to help people who are less fortunate, people who are struggling, people who are homeless, people who are jobless, people who are hungry, this transcends politics. This is about caring for another human life. And so it's good to know through through That's your right. trek across this country to know that, you know what, there are some good people still out there. Well, and what we heard, my wife and I both heard this across the country, is as we were telling them about the Bowery Mission, People were also able to say, you know what, we're a small town, but we have homeless as well. We're a small town, but we also have families and children who are going hungry. So a, another common denominator, actually something that, that really bonds us as neighbors and caregivers and, and need, you know, people who need help from one another, is the fact that um, all across our country, uh, people are uh, in need of food, in need of shelter, in need of jobs. And uh, one of my co-sponsors, as I mentioned before, was TackleHunger.org, mm -hmm. and they have a map of 25,000 food charities across the country, and they were one of my sponsors. They tracked my bicycle trip on their map uh, that has all the, the lists of homeless shelters, I mean, homeless shelters and food charities. So, um, yeah, big towns, small towns, medium-sized towns have people who are um, hungry and people who, who need help and um, who need shelter. So 
that was another common uh, bond that we shared is not just the Bowery Mission, but even even people in small-town America. When New York Sports and Beyond returns, what's the mental and physical toll riding a bike 3,000 miles across this country? We'll find out next. We are 98.7 ESPN New York. Thanks for stopping by New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's continue my conversation with Chuck Montz, biker extraordinaire for the Bowery Mission. Chuck, how long did your uh, guys, your, your former roommates, I believe, or college buddies, how long did they stay with you on this trek? And what was how helpful were they to you? It was great fun. Oh, my gosh. To pass the miles with my buddies from um, – the late 70s to, you know, 78 to 82. Oh, my gosh. So we, we, we told the stories. Of course, we suffered together because of the, the heat and the water issues. But, you know, we always found uh, relief. We had meals together. We had great laughs. They went for about 300. Uh, we were together for eight days. I biked about 400, a little over 400, and they were able to do about 300. Um, they weren't prepared quite as well as I was for the heat and for the miles. So mm. they did a lot of miles, 300 miles in, in eight days is a lot of miles. Wow. Um, but they also helped me by uh, drafting for me. My one buddy, uh, both of them actually were able to, while they were with me, do a little bit of leading, which, which took off some of that, that wind resistance that, that you face when you're alone. So, uh, once they left, I had to cope with, um, you know, just pedaling alone and feeling a little bit uh, solitary out on the road. Um, and that's, that was part of the journey as well. Is there's a lot of time for uh, reflection and um, self-evaluation and also Thanksgiving. I, I love the, the beauty of our nation, mm. the red-winged blackbirds, uh, the wildlife. Um, it was just uh, the cornfields were, you know, after going through the desert, once I got into uh, Nebraska, it was um, wonderful to start seeing the fruitfulness of the land, uh, the soy fields, the, the corn, uh, all that. And then now, of course, getting into Pennsylvania uh, the past week before Jersey and then coming into uh, the city yesterday, um, the Amish, because I grew up in Pennsylvania. Mm. So um, coming across Pennsylvania has been like a homecoming, and it's uh, also been very fruitful for the cause. A lot of donations have come in this month, this past week uh, from churches and friends. That's great. Chuck, just for folks who aren't uh, really familiar with biking long distances, as you had the pleasure <laughs> of doing uh, 3,000 yeah. miles, <laughs> 3,000 miles, when you said they, they were able to, I believe the term you used was reading the wind for you, what, what exactly is that? Draft. Drafting. Oh, okay. Yeah. With a D. Yeah, drafting. It just means that, you know, when something's in front of you, um, they just make, it's just like uh, the racers, you know, when they can be tip to, to tail on the race car, cars on Indianapolis, uh, you know, all the, the Indy uh, races and uh, NASCAR, mm -hmm. um, you're sucked along a little bit. So um, they were able to break that, that little uh, airspace for me that would, uh, in, in fact, I, so I would have to pedal less, different, uh, less hard and Gotcha. I could sort of coast a little bit more while they were pedaling. So that's gotcha. drafting. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, so in, in layman's terms, they were able to cut down the wind in your face. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Chuck Mons is my guest. Uh, member emeritus <laughs> of the Bowery Mission here on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. 
Taking us back, reviewing his 3,000-mile journey to raise money for the Bowery Mission. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Chuck, as you hit Pennsylvania, there's got to be in your mind an idea of, wow, I'm at the final leg of this journey. I'm at the final leg. While you're cycling, do you have time to reflect on where you've been and and how close you are to ending your journey? Do you have time for that? And what's that feeling like? Yeah, I've been a little, um, I've been grieving, believe it or not. Wow. Um, it's been bittersweet. As soon as I came into across the Pennsylvania line, I went to college in, in northwestern Pennsylvania up above Pittsburgh. So as soon as I hit the line, I thought of my college days. And that's a long time ago. So um, that was that, you know, you just think how many decades have gone by. You think about um, the time span of our lives. I also stopped at multiple churches that my dad, who was a pastor, or I have served. So I stopped. My first stop in Pittsburgh was at a church that I helped out in between college and going to seminary. And they were very generous. They had a little meal for me, told the stories put me up for the night. Uh, Reedsville, which is outside of State College, both Reedsville and Hollidaysburg are, are towns of my past from the State College region and uh, had wonderful connections and opportunity to tell stories uh, to both communities, the churches. People were very generous in the giving. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, now um, the last day was... Um, especially poignant in that my dad's first church was uh, outside of New Hope across the Delaware River um, in a town called Stockton. That mm. was his first church in the mid-60s, and I was, a four, I was a four or five-year-old, and I had three older siblings. And so uh, yesterday, biking into the city, we came from the church that put us up was the church my dad served in the late 60s. And so the circle of life my dad has passed, and um, and yet we have all those memories and the connection. After all these years, they were generous and put us up for the night last night. Wow, that that's great. That that, that that's that's what it's all about, right, Chuck? That's that's where you find as you give back that you really appreciate what others understand what you're doing, and they also give back. And that series of folks, everybody giving back is just what we call it. Everybody's paying it forward by giving back to somebody who's doing the right thing. Yeah, we have, uh, we've raised my personal goal at the start was, uh, about 20, $25,000, uh, just for my own, uh, networks. And we've gone over 30. Wow, uh, my team, great. uh, had raised another eight, but, uh, I'm going to be spending, uh, the rest of August, um, connecting, telling the story of the Bowery Mission, uh, of all that they have done during COVID, uh, over 430,000 meals served, 100,000 nights of shelter, 67,000 showers for people who don't have access to showers, 27,000 items of clothing. I'm telling the story of the Bowery Mission uh, throughout August, and I'm going to be telling the story of the bike hike to raise money for uh, the Bowery Mission. I'm hoping that... Um, the volunteers and donors to the Bowery Mission. I'm hoping that athletes, walkers, runners, bikers, uh, even maybe some of the professional players from some of the sports teams in New York City 
uh, where the Bowery Mission is part of their home region. I'm hoping that we can uh, reach our goal in short order. Uh, if people hear your interview with me, which I'm very grateful for, um, I'm hoping that in the next month we might get much, much closer to the $100,000 goal that we set uh, four or five months ago. Chuck, I think you make a great point. And when we think of the Bowery Mission, and that's really probably our fault, right? Uh, but when we think of the Bowery Mission, we think of Thanksgiving, right? We think of <laughs> we think of all the food that they give out to those who are struggling and may not have a home and may not have a, a family that can you know, give them food. We obviously know about the fact that there are situations where homeless people are able to get shelter and whatnot from the the money of donations and, and the volunteers who work so hard to be there. But this COVID-19 pandemic has really put another strain on not only the Bowery Mission's resources, but their volunteers as well. And so, you know, let, let's take a moment to just talk about the volunteers and some of the issues that they face by dealing with people, having to respond, needing masks, needing dealing with people who may not have been able to be vaccinated, who who may have been more susceptible because of health issues to up uh, to getting the COVID nineteen pandemic uh, virus. Yeah, the the volunteers that have been coming in, uh, fortunately, they are people who have had their shots. Um, some of them may have had it. Um, but they are also at risk because as you and I both know, there are variants. And so that are, that are causing more and more problems again, unfortunately. And so the volunteers, the staff, um, and even the clients are once again, uh, at great risk, but the Bowery mission, um, is providing essential services, essential help, uh, to, to the folks who need it the most, the least of these. And we are grateful for all those people who come in day after day. Um, and you don't even know where they get their time because most of them are not retired. And so we are extremely grateful for those people who are uh, doing their best to stay healthy and at the same time doing their best to serve those who may not have such an easy time um, staying healthy and certainly not uh, being able to provide for themselves uh, without jobs, without shelter, homes and so forth that we have been uh, become accustomed to ourselves. Chuck, when you hit uh, Jersey and as you get closer to New York and finishing your ride, you mentioned that in Pennsylvania, you, it was kind of a, you know, a reflective moment, uh, took you back. Uh, but as you closer to home and uh, being able to, you know, get off the bicycle, which I'm sure you won't go near a bicycle anytime soon. <laughs> what what was that like? <laughs> yeah, um, I was I was telling my wife that uh, just today that um, I I don't think I'm going to miss miss it. Uh, <laughs> I think that I'm getting tired. Yeah. You know, like for instance, at the end of the day, when you're doing ninety or ninety five miles, you, you start out strong. Then the middle area, you just hunker down. And then the last 10 miles are always difficult. So just like a daily ride, these last few days I've gotten, even though the, the numbers have been a little smaller, uh, less a number in terms of the distance, um, I, have lost, I have lost some energy. And I've, I've realized uh, the goal was, was attainable. I was going to be able to get in yesterday, and, and uh, I was feeling tired. And so 
um, I think I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with, uh, with myself after, after we get back to our home in, in Pennsylvania. Um, I think I'll just be grateful as I have been across the country, uh, grateful for the donors, grateful for the Bowery mission and what they do. Grateful that I was able to work for them. Grateful for my wife and all the kindness and patience and help and care that she's provided. I'm also grateful for some R and R. And then I'm curious what um, what God is going to do to call me. Um, what what God's going to have me do next? Um, I'm serving a small church outside of Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Um, but I think there may be some more things that um, maybe some adventures that God has in store for us. There's no doubt about that, and that's what makes it makes it exciting to be a person of faith is to know that when you have uh, God in your life and he is leading your life, it, you're curious, but you're not worried because you know that you have no control over it. You have surrendered that control. So you just get excited to say, yeah. okay, this, this is my moment. There'll be a rest period because, you know, he understands that you need a break <laughs> for what you've gone through. Yeah. And then there'll be something else. And the other thing that is so great is, Chuck, you have testimonies that you can share with people, that of people that you have come into. And the other thing that's going to be real interesting, and you kind of have sensed it and you shared it with us a little earlier, but it's going to come back again, is you're going to find out just how you touched people. And you're going to find that out. You found that out with the, with the lady who came back two days later and gave you a donation. And you're going to find that other people you have touched along the way as well. Yeah, and I'm and I'm grateful for the for all the people who who touched my life. Real quick story. Um, outside of Zion, um, we had to go up 800 feet of switchbacks, very very steep, out of Zion National Park, and we had to get through a three mile tunnel. And um, the only and bikes weren't allowed to to go through the tunnel. But if we didn't take the switchbacks and go through the tunnel, um, we would have had to go 20 miles out of our way. And um, I'm just I was just too tired and old. It was too hot for me to do an extra 20. So we went up the switchbacks and I knew felt well that when we got up to the tunnel, I was going to have to flag down a, uh, a pickup. But, um, instead what happened was I went by an RV and it had a bike rack on the back of it and there was no bike on the bike rack. Mm. So I got up to the, to the window and I said, um, is there any chance you would let me and my buddy put our bikes on your bike rack to go through the tunnel? They were from France. The communication was, was, uh, not easy, but eventually, uh, they were very gracious, very understanding. They let us put our bikes on their bike rack, but that means that meant that they had to let us into their RV, mm. which is very strange when you think about it, letting two total strangers, into your RV and they had three kids under 13 playing cards in the back. Wow. And so, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, what we're doing for others, but, uh, we, we experienced people doing for us. And the fact that this complete strangers, um, allowed us to get into the RV, put our bikes on the bike rack, take us, through the tunnel, which we needed help, obviously, and get to the other side. Um, I will, you know, I'm going to have to write this stuff down because uh, the examples of neighborliness 
I said, you, you have been good Samaritans. And they, they didn't understand that terminology. Mm. Um, and I explained it to them, but, um, we really did experience, uh, an amazing amount of hospitality and generosity. The stories that I could tell and that I have been telling and will continue to tell throughout August and as we try to raise uh, more awareness and more money for the Bowery, um, are just, are just astounding and amazing. Very grateful and humbling. I, I've learned a lot about hospitality and I, I have room for growth. That's the voice of Chuck Mons. He is a emeritus volunteer for the Bowery Mission here on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. He has just completed a 3,000-mile journey on his bike to raise funds for the Bowery Mission. Coming up, what Chuck Mons learned about himself and people around this country. We'll share that next. This is New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's conclude my discussion with Chuck Mons, former Basically, a meritus for the Bowery Mission. So, Chuck, let's talk a little bit more about your family. Let's talk about, we'll talk about your wife in a second, but I want to talk about, you mentioned your siblings earlier. Take me through uh, that feeling uh, when you told them you were going to go on this 3,000-mile journey. What what was that conversation like and when you returned and, and the chit-chat along the way? Uh, just with um, my, my own Sisters and brother, uh, very supportive. They've, they've been following on Facebook. I don't get a lot of talk time, uh, but my wife has. So they've been talking. I've been biking. And then most evenings, uh, I'm just, you know, trying to eat and, and sleep. But uh, they've been very supportive, sending text calls, especially to my wife. My own kids, uh, Danny, uh, my 26-year-old, um, is getting his uh, RN degree at Westchester University uh, this December. And he biked yesterday uh, with me. He's a biker, though he's a road racer. But um, he biked from Stockton into the city with me yesterday, which was a great honor and a great thrill to have him uh, with me the last day of the trip. And our other son is out in uh, Salt Lake City and um, is a biochem technician at a lab. So uh, they've they've been all... They haven't been surprised, obviously, because they all they all know uh, my DNA, which which leans towards uh, physical endeavors and adventures. Uh, but they have all been very very supportive. But once again, before we we talk about the tremendous job your wife did on this on this trip across the country, having your son with you, conversation a little bit while you guys were biking just what what was the tone what was the tenor of that and how proud of you is he (laughs) yeah dan has um has been very encouraging he knows what it's like um to bike hard to bike um you know to bike fast and um to do you know to have adventures he's done his own uh long adventures on the bike as well so that was a that's that was a very uh, wonderful thing to share with him. He's actually biked from Philadelphia to to our place uh, in Long Island when we lived there, and and had to deal with the traffic. Of course, I've dealt with the traffic m- much more than my son has. He he actually took bike um, sidewalks, which which you know you're not allowed to do. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's un- he's not as comfortable with uh, biking on on the highway, um, but. You know, to share stories, just to catch up, hear how his uh, schooling is going, and and just enjoy um, not racing, 
um, but just enjoyed the, the great trail and the great place uh, that we have been able to, to share yesterday from my, my home when I was a kid to, uh, to the city, which, which he loves, and he loves restaurants. So we're going to treat him to uh, an Indian uh, cuisine, which he has been, um, that's part of why he wanted to bite with me as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's not just uh, to, to be with dad. It's um, <laughs> where, can we, where can we enjoy eating in the city? They always have an ulterior motive, don't they, Chuck? <laughs> always. <laughs> All right, let's give your wife uh, uh, her proper due because she has been consistent. She's been there. She's been cheerleader. She's been co-repair person. She's been savior. She's been rescuer. Yeah. She's, she's had a tremendous role. And, um, Chuck, you couldn't have made it without her. This is true. And, you know, once we get home, I think it's my opportunity to shower her with, um, with meals made, dishes washed, um, clothes washed, uh, just, uh, just to be able to relax together and, and be together and not have to worry about logistics, uh, getting off early. Um, we're just going to be able to almost um, sort of re- reintegrate and reestablish some of the pattern of a normal, uh, peaceful, loving, uh, daily routine. And that's going to be probably the biggest treat um, that, that I'm going to have is just to, to be with Deb and to uh, express my gratitude by showing her more attention because uh, on the road, um, the road, the bike, the logistics, there's a lot of other things that, that uh, get my attention. And um, so she's going to get my attention um, and, and that's going to be a, a, a joy. Chuck, you know, there's been a lot of stories uh, good and bad uh, about how couples have survived during this pandemic because you are around your significant other more and more than you have been because of, you know, the, the idea of maybe you're working remotely or whatever the situation is. It sounds like you and your wife, no matter what the relationship was before, may have gotten even closer. We have, uh, we have been able to sustain. We have been able to, I've learned, uh, I've learned uh, lessons um, again and again over the over the course of the trip. Uh, when you're tired, and I mentioned this the first time you and I spoke um, seven weeks ago, um, you 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 don't have as much patience when you're exhausted or tired or dehydrated. And so um, I was, you know, I respect my wife in that she was able to. Um, express, you know, what it's like for me to be thorny. And uh, I, I, I ran into some goathead stickers in Kansas, the northwest corner of Kansas. And those are stickers that go right through your bike tire. And uh, shortly after that uh, day of, of having three flats and three miles on this dirt road where they congregate, those goathead stickers, I realized my own thorniness. So part of uh, our loving relationship is that I, I'm grateful that she ha- can be honest with me, forthright, and call me on it and um, give me an opportunity to, you know, I'm 62, but I'm not done learning and I'm not done 
uh, being committed in my relationship with her. So when she uh, named my thorniness, she did, you know, she used softer words. Um, I was able to, on the course of my next day's rides, figure out how I could be less thorny. So, um, once the bike hike's over, I, I fully intend to, uh, be less thorny, uh, even than I have been, but I, you know, I can still be softer, kinder, gentler. And, um, and, and I look forward to that. The communication is key. And the fact that, wow, she was able to share that with you. And then you get on the bike and you're able to really run through that while you're, while you're thinking, right? While you're riding the bike, you're able to go through a process of, hey, wow, you know what? Maybe I have been in certain things. Maybe I need to, here's, here's some adjustments I can make. Here's some things I can do. So while you're, you know, while you're raising money for the Bowery, you're also going through some things where, you know, you have to make tweaks on yourself. And we all do. Chuck, we all have those moments yeah. where we need to, you know, make some adjustments. We all look back and say, wow, I could have handled this differently. I could have done this a different way. I could have done some things a little better. And so you're able to give them that opportunity. Uh, so, you know, while you're once again helping the Bowery, you're you're also helping to strengthen your marriage in a sense. Yep. And, and being taught, being taught, mm-hmm. learning, growing. And part of it for me was uh, zipping it. <laughs> Ripping the old mouth and, and just letting, uh, at the end of the day, letting us sort of um, come together in peace and quiet, inquiring of her day and just zipping my lips about uh, things that might be, um, might be uh, uh, making me a little bit edgy. Just not even dealing with it until I become rested, re-nourished. Re, uh, and replenish and and all of a sudden those little things that you're dwelling about fretting about all of a sudden they're not that big a deal so i learned that though i might not have uh, uh easy access to getting rid of thoughts if i could just zip my lips i found that that was the best discipline <laughs> i could possibly have um in our process across the country and for the most part um I put that into practice the last six weeks. Chuck, it takes a talent to be a good listener. I'm still working on it. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Chuck, listen, congratulations. It's been great catching up with you. I feel like we were uh, on the journey with you. Uh, 3,000 miles across this country, and I know you got the the, the tremendous plaque from – James Winans and the Bowery Mission on the Lower East Side of Manhattan for a job well done. Chuck, thank you. Thank you for what you do. And, Thank and you just, and your family. I just want to mention, just want to mention one more time the sure. uh, the website. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they could just people uh, in the in the New York metropolitan area could go to bowery.org slash bike for the mission. Uh, it's that simple, and would love their support, love their donations to help us reach higher towards that uh, one hundred thousand dollar goal. Larry, thank you so much for your time. Your uh, consideration are, are much appreciated and give us that website one more time chuck bowery b-o-w-e-r-y dot o-r-g forward slash bike for the mission chuck the next time you go cross country let us know even if it won't be maybe for a couple of months <laughs> exactly exactly i'll let you know but thank you again my pleasure, Chuck. Thanks. That concludes this edition of New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. We thank you for listening. We'll join you this evening, 
during the week on ESPN New York Tonight with Gordon Damer and right back here next Sunday morning on New York Sports and Beyond. For my all-world producer, the legendary Ray Primetime Santiago, and the coach, Anthony Pusick, I'm Larry Hardesty. The conversation continues next on 98.7 ESPN New York.